Thanks for joining me. I'm Nancy, and you're listening to Ordinary People, Extraordinary Things. I'll be talking to ordinary people, just like you, who share their real-life stories. If you find this helpful, please subscribe, leave a kind review, and share. Thank you for joining Ordinary People, Extraordinary Things. I'm so excited to have my friend Diana on the (laughs) podcast. Diana, thanks for coming. Oh my gosh, how could I say no to you? (laughs) We are really friends. She's not not making this up. Yeah, 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 a good friend. And one thing is, when Diana says she's gonna do something, she will do it. So when I first said, hey, I'm gonna do a podcast, she was so like, Mm -hmm. how can I help? Whatever I can do to help this come true. And if you need someone, and the other day we were out for supper and I was like, guess what, Diana, I need someone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Not that I need someone, as I have so many people, but I just really felt like God was saying, you need to ask Diana on. And Diana said, yes. Of course. And so here we are. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) This is is amazing. I love what you're doing too. Thank you. I love this. I think this is so, this concept of extraordinary, ordinary people, extraordinary things is so biblical. Mm. It's so biblical. And I'm just so excited to talk today. And then as I've listened through all the other podcasts, hearing the stories, stories is, is the language of God. It and is. so it's it it's just good that we can talk and share and put God on display through it. So I love it. Yeah. So Diana, could you tell us three things about yourself so that anyone who's hearing kind of has an idea of who is this? Yes. So the first word is uh, joyful. I am an eternal optimist. I will always see the glass half full, sometimes to the to the detriment of um, <laughs> myself, but I just feel like there's just so much good and it makes me so delighted whenever I look around and see the world. The second word would be I'm an achiever. Again, sometimes to the detriment of self, but I I like to have a lot of plates spinning and I like to have a lot going on and I just operate at a higher speed of life and that's that's good to me. I know that some people that's very stressful. Uh, with that said, I am very good at, at resting too. I'm very, I take rest very seriously because I operate at such a high speed. And then the last word I would say is learner. I just love to learn and I'll spend hours at night researching something just for fun. That really translates into the Bible and how I've just become what I call obsessed with scripture and learning more and more about it and just having having a, an unquenchable thirst for God and his word and just learning more and more about him as he reveals himself. So yeah, those are what I would say. That's so good. Mm-hmm. And the Bible is such an unending mm. knowledge. And sometimes you hear people that say, oh, I think I know everything about the Bible. And I kind of wonder, have you read it? Or <laughs> are you just kind of going to church and listening to a sermon every now and then mm-hmm. and feeling that you got yeah. it down? Because, oh my goodness. It's so rich. It truly is alive. And I think you know, throughout the scripture, I know in the book of Jeremiah, it, it actually talks about the word of God and we are to eat it, which mm-hmm. is such a funny illustration in, mm-hmm. in my mind of like eating the word of God. But there's such a vast difference between consuming it and mm-hmm. it becomes part of you and it lives versus 
just reading to sort of put it in the database of my head and now I'm done and I've read that and I, I have it quote unquote learned and let's move on to the next thing. I think when we come at scripture trying to consume it, we just see it come alive in so many ways and it's been said that scripture is like a, a diamond where every time you turn it, you see something new mm-hmm. and it reveals itself in, in a more beautiful way. I love that. Yeah. Well, we could go on that tangent forever. I know. I can't. I get really excited about it. I'm <laughs> but when we talked about you coming on, one thing you said is that you've dealt or still dealing with anxiety. And yes. What I thought was so interesting about this was I didn't really know this about you. We've known each other yes. for years. And I think that's why it's so important to talk about because I think there's a lot of people who are struggling with this. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will let you know that they're struggling with it. And I had a wonderful friend on Carrie who talked specifically about anxiety in our kids, mm-hmm. but there's anxiety on, for all of us. Mm-hmm. And we probably all deal with it at different levels. Mm-hmm. I know that some people, I mean, this is debilitating, you know, mm-hmm. anxiety. Just the thought that, oh, Diane is in my life. I, I kind of thought I, not that I know everything about you. We don't talk like every day or anything, but that sometimes there's something mm-hmm. going on in mm-hmm. your heart or in your life that everyone doesn't know about. And it's something that can be really debilitating if you don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was for yeah. me. For I really struggled for about eight years with, with what I call big big A anxiety. And I often, this is not clinical, and I want to be very careful not to be prescriptive in how I talk, but to just be descriptive of what, you know, how this looked in my life and, and what God taught me. The way I refer to anxiety is there's big A anxiety and there's little A anxiety. And little A anxiety is something we all deal with. The stresses of life, the, oh my goodness, I feel overwhelmed. And that can be, I mean, that's something that we do need to work through. I don't think we should ever ignore or avoid a little a anxiety because it can turn into big a anxiety. And that's what happened to me. I was really, really in my 20s trying to live according to a standard that uh, was really unreasonable. I had put uh, just such a high standard on myself for how to be, how to work hard, how to, you know, I, like I said, I'm achiever. So I was trying to achieve being a great, perfect wife, being a great, perfect mom. So I had a lot of little A anxiety and, and just pushed, 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 pushed very little grace for myself. And so what that led to was one day I was sitting on an airplane. We had had a great weekend in Chicago, my husband and I, and I thought, oh, you know, there's, what a fun weekend. No stress. I didn't, I didn't think there was any stress. And I was sitting on an airplane and all of a sudden I thought, oh my goodness, I'm having a I think I'm having a heart attack was was what it came off as. Um, I think I'm having a heart attack. I was so scared, but I was also paralyzed. I couldn't move. So I didn't think to just tell anybody, even my husband, he kept saying, what's wrong? And I couldn't even speak. And then we landed and I got off the plane. I started feeling better. And I just thought, well, that was terrible. It really was terrible. It was the scariest thing I've ever gone through, but I, you know, I brushed it off. And so it started happening more Mm. and more and more 
until I was almost not functional because I was having such a, a vast degree of panic and fear. And the, the thing about all of it is I didn't tell anybody. Wow. Yeah. You thought you were actually having a heart attack. I thought I was dying. Yes. That's what wow. panic and big A anxiety feels like. You think it's this. I just remember thinking, I wish I, I didn't want to die. I didn't, I didn't want it. I wasn't, I didn't have those suicidal ideations at all. But I thought maybe that would be a release. It's just, it was horrifying and I couldn't find my way out of it. I couldn't find my way out of it. Yeah. And why do you think you didn't tell anybody? Shame. Mm. So much shame. Again, the standard I set for myself was so high that I thought, well, I'm failing. Mm. I mean, really, that's, I saw this as a sign of my own weakness, mm-hmm. which, you know, and we'll talk about this later. In some sense, it, it is, and that's beautiful, but I was not celebrating it. I was embarrassed so embarrassed. I had always set my identity as being a very strong woman. And look, look at what's happening to me. Mm. I'm so weak. I was so embarrassed. And the other thing, and I think this is this is something that we do need to talk more about in the church world, is I was very involved in the church. I was a Christian woman. And what we can unintentionally do sometimes is take God's word and reduce it to platitudes that are actually harmful. And the platitude that I kept hearing, not that people were attacking me with it, but it was just rolling around in my head, was, mm-hmm. well, Diana, if you're a Christian, you should have faith over fear. What is wrong with you? Why are you living in such a terrified state of at all times? You should have faith over fear. And now look, look, you're failing at your faith. You're weak and you're just not measuring up. And so the layers of shame just piled on. And no, so I did not want to tell anybody. Um, it was really debilitating. <laughs> How long did this last? Well, let me think. So... I would say it really peaked from the time it started to the time I've started to really find some healing was, yeah, it was about eight years. But I would say I lived in the peak of it, that really, that Mm -hmm. terror for probably a solid year. And then, praise God, and I will speak openly about this, as I started really getting serious about healing and about looking for God in this dark place, one thing, my healing came in a lot of forms, which I am very, very pro. I'm very pro-counseling and very pro-therapy. But I also started taking medication, and that really helped. Mm-hmm. I feel like God was in that very much. And, and of course, that's not to say that everyone needs to take medication, you know, nothing like that. But for me, to move from brokenness to wholeness, God had to show me how to rely on everything that he's provided around me. Mm-hmm. People, medicine, therapy, and that's ultimately what kind of brought me to where I am today. Yeah. So what made you decide, hey, I need some help? Because you said you weren't yeah. telling anybody. <clears throat> well, I did tell my husband, my, my sweet husband. He was so supportive. And I think this was just such a, like, what? You know, he was he's just was so sweet. But I think it was hard for him to know, oh, my goodness, how do I, how do I support you in this? But he did. He just, whatever I needed, he was, he was great with. So I did talk to him. And I just, I think God said, there's no way you're going to find yourself out of this alone. I had tried 
and it wasn't working, it was getting worse. Mm -hmm. And so something just came over me that said, there's no way you're gonna get out of this alone. And if for no other reason than my kids, I needed to, I needed to fight my way out. And I just decided I'm gonna do whatever, I'm gonna do whatever it takes. So that, at that point I started seeing a counselor and that's when I also started to get on medication. It wasn't then for a couple more years though that I really started talking about it and being open with it and letting people around me know that this has been a really big part of my life. Wow, the healing that comes from putting things out in the open is mm -hmm. just, for, for me at least, it was, it was quite remarkable. I still needed to go through a phase of, of EMDR with my wonderful current counselor, Jane, and, and she really got me to realize a lot about God's goodness in my journey. What is EMDR? Oh, goodness. Let's see if I can remember. EMDR is a kind of therapy. Jane would be so upset with me that I can't remember. It has to do, though, with crossing the, the hemispheres of your brain. Okay. Yeah. So okay. you're looking back and forth. There's alternating stimuli that's, that's connecting your brain. And then you go through some coaching while you're in that place. Something okay. about eye movement. Anyway, yeah. Okay, perfect. I appreciate you talking about it because I think that though we're talking about some of this stuff more, it is still has a little bit of a stigma, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Anxiety, not being able to figure this out on yourself. Yes. A little bit, the counseling is getting a little bit more de- mm -hmm. uh, De-stigmatized, de probably, yeah. You're talking about medication, and yeah. I think that sometimes that yes. can be like, ooh. Yes. So I just appreciate you actually being honest about <laughs> it because, yeah. well, God does say when things are brought into the light, right? Yes. But also someone else out there that might <clears throat> feel, like, shamed right. hopefully can have a little bit right. more. Right, right. Yeah, if I had, if I just trusted God we we just put things in such a formula sometimes in the in the faith community that it, it just isn't it isn't fair it isn't fair to the people and it's not really representative of God's heart of if you just blank then blank ultimately God's going to use every experience to draw us closer to him and to teach us about him there can be so much shame um, unintentionally that comes with applying these formulas and often missing what the lesson is that God's really trying to show us and just saying, oh, well, if you, if you blank, then blank. And for me, that was, if you just really trusted God, if you just had more faith, then none of this would be happening. That's not true at all. <laughs> I mean, I do have to grow in my faith always, but that certainly wasn't what was happening. Yeah, you needed more. And I, I wonder if this is part of we're so drawn to doing things on our own and individualism mm -hmm. and like, yes. I can do this and I don't need anybody else. And though it ha that has a place where, you know, we are yes. good at getting things done and achieving, and, yep. but you take it too far mm -hmm. and well, that's not God at all. God is so relational, exactly. so relational with himself in the Trinity, so relational you know, that's what the Bible is, right? It's a relationship that he shows over and over through stories. Yes. And so to say that yeah. I can do this on my own, I wonder if God sometimes is like, 
I won't let you do this on yeah. your own. You foolish child, Diana. Right. What? <laughs> no, but it's true. It's true. And I was. I just think there's so much. We're so brought up in this culture of achieving individualism. And that's where I really, that's where so much of my worth came from, mm-hmm. was I could achieve things and I could do it on my own. I don't need anybody. I've always struggled with independence, meaning that I default to independence. And God just had to, I mean, he just even what he taught me about my relationship with him mm-hmm. and and how the, I have this vision he gave me when I was just in a really deep, dark pit. Night, nights were always worse with the anxiety. I'd wake up at night and just feel so scared and so alone. I have this image as I was I was hanging off a cliff and under me underneath me was just cold dark death. Mm. And I was hanging on by my pinky fingernail. And I was cold and I was alone and I just felt this small ray of light and it said, look up. You know, it was God and he said, I've got you. Even if it's just by a pinky, I've got you. Will you let me have more? Will you trust me with more? And I I just remember feeling hope for the first time in such a long time as God brought brought me to himself in relationship. But then also what happens, we are created, yes, for relationship. We are created as the body of believers that is where our weaknesses become his strength and they become beautiful i had to learn a lot about that and and ultimately what god taught me had to do with kindness and Mm. his kindness which is ultimately what brought me out of it can you expound on yes yes so you have to know when i start spiraling into an anxiety attack which praise god that hasn't happened for a while now, my first instinct was to really say, oh, you, this, oh no, it's happening. Diana, tighten up. You, you're just being so stupid. Just stop it. You know, that really, really harsh words on myself. And I was in my, in my counseling session with my counselor, Jane, and she had me imagine myself in this situation sitting next to myself as a child. She said, how would you treat that child? And I just, my heart went out to, for, with compassion and mercy for thinking of myself as a child, right? And going, oh my gosh, I just want the best for this little girl. Life's already going to throw her so much. I just want to show her love and kindness. And she said, what if you actually treated yourself that way? And we started going on a journey of being kind to myself rather than, Oh, you just don't have what it takes. Oh, you're being so stupid. Oh, you're so weak. Showing kindness to myself. And that felt really foreign and really strange. I thought, oh, well, I can be kind to other people. But being kind to myself in all the places I didn't think I deserved really started to take the shackles off, to just breathe and go, you know what, I am where I am and that's okay, was so healing. And and I started learning more and more about the kindness of God. And, you know, it says this, it's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. The way I see that is that if we need rescuing in something, if we need strongholds broken, what's the path that's going to take us there? It's kindness. It's kindness to self. It's kindness of God, and it's kindness 
to others. And I think we get so hard on ourselves. Mm -hmm. We just get so, we put ourselves up to um, such high standards and we compare with other people. And I don't know that many people often consider how can I show myself kindness the way that God has showed me kindness? And starting to do that and have mercy for my own self and have compassion for my own self was really a journey that, that brought me out of shame and into a place of, of tenderness, of non-judgment with my own self. And, and really started the stronghold of embarrassment really started to come off too because as I became kind to myself, I started speaking it more mm. to others. And that was just so therapeutic in and of itself. Yeah. So I appreciate you're talking about the big A and the little A. I think that makes a lot of sense mm, as far as mm -hmm. like all of us understand what anxiety Absolutely. is. Absolutely. I don't understand, thankfully, what the big A anxiety is. But we are going into holiday season, yes. Thanksgiving, Christmas. Yes. So there's a lot of anxiety and yes. probably probably some big A, but a lot of little A. Do you have any just words of encouragement mm. or things for, mm -hmm. for just to kind of keep those little A's from becoming big A's and to rejoice mm -hmm. in this time where it's mm -hmm. supposed to be such a wonderful time of celebrating Jesus's birth and getting together and lights and everything, but it can be so much, right? So much. <laughs> so do you yes. have any thoughts just for keeping those little A anxieties? Yeah, I, this again, I don't want to be prescriptive, but I want to be um, descriptive, at least in what helped me. And what I would say is, first of all, go ahead and be brave and acknowledge when you're feeling it. Just, just acknowledge, hey, wow, I am realizing in this moment, I feel this way. And, and, and just letting your, again, it's part of that kindness, letting yourself be in that space and not judging it and going, okay, this is how I feel and that's okay. What do I need? What do I need right now? It may just be five minutes alone. Um, it may be going, you know what I need? I need to recognize that just because we've always done something a certain way, I don't need to do that this year because it's 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 leading me to a, a place that I don't think is God's best for me. So I think the first thing is just acknowledging and not judging. And then coming back to the core of the season, which is what I was talking about earlier with kindness, the best attitude antidote to worry to little a anxiety mm -hmm. i do think when we get into big a anxiety mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a different conversation right. but with little right. a anxiety oh my goodness gratitude is and, and kindness mm -hmm. i mean they're really one in the same of of really deciding i'm going to focus on that which is good that which is right that which is pure that which mm -hmm. is holy i'm going to focus on that that can be so helpful in just reclaiming and course correcting our thoughts talking about taking every cap every thought captive we actually can choose what we think about and so and and focusing on okay I hear these these you know thoughts are in my head and I acknowledge them and they get a spot in the car this is what I always say they get a spot in the car they don't get to be in the driver's seat though mm. And so what do I need to do to, maybe I need to take some time, maybe I just need to have a different narrative of, of self-talk, maybe I just need to sit and pray. Uh, intimacy with God is, is just such a beautiful way of getting out of our own head. 
or maybe maybe I need to sit in silence. Maybe I need to read his word. What do you need? And God will show up mm-hmm. if you ask him. So, yeah. So good. Yeah, well, thank you. Well, we talked about kindness and gratefulness. What are you grateful for? Oh, my gosh, my kids. They're so great. I have four kids, 15, 13, almost 11, and almost 6, and they are just my joy. I'm thankful for my husband. I'm so thankful for my job, the people that I get to interact with, and I think above and beyond anything, I'm just thankful for God and his kindness. Yeah. So good. I would say that if anybody happens to hear this and is struggling with either little a or big a anxiety, talk to somebody. And also, I I would say talk to friends, but also talk to a professional. There's no shame in it. If, If we hurt our leg, we would go see a professional about that and say, hey, I need I think I need some attention. And they, they may just say, oh, go and put, go put it up. Go and, go and prop it up, and in mm-hmm. two days you'll be fine. And, and it may not take very serious medical information. It just may be more about self-care. Mm-hmm. But they may say, oh, my goodness, there's really something going on that we need to intervene. Why wouldn't we do that with our, our mind and our, our soul and our, and our hearts? I, I want to be careful on giving advice, but I would encourage people that if they're struggling don't keep struggling alone. Talk to a friend, talk to a professional. Thank you. Thank you for being on. Thanks for being honest and open Mm -hmm. about something that you dealt with. And I just pray that this will impact someone who may be struggling with big A or I'm sure everyone is struggling with little A anxiety. This time of year, it's just baked in, isn't it? So thank you. Yes. Thanks for tuning in. God gave me a calling to share people's stories, and I've been doing that for over 16 years with my business, Generations to Generations. Ordinary People, Extraordinary Things is a continuation of telling stories. All of us have a story, and it's imperative that we share it with others. I know you have a story to share on how God has showed up in the mountains and valleys of your life. To do that, visit me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or email me at ordinarypeoplestories at gmail.com, and I'll see you on the next podcast.